Hey everybody, hope you're doing well. It is Wednesday, July 6th at 7.05 p.m. I'm a bit late on this podcast, this quick cast. Uh, I apologize. Got a couple uh, comments from people on Twitter saying they would like to hear a um, uh, an old-fashioned handsome hour even bigger in reaction to the news, I think it was last Friday, that broke about the Big Ten uh, welcoming or adding UCLA and USC, and, and, and if you're like me, by this time you've heard a bunch of pundits talk about it, uh, people that do this for a living. Maybe you haven't heard a normal guy, a person just like you, reacting to it. Uh, I, re- I I waited a little bit for uh, uh, to do the quick cast here um, for multiple reasons, but one of the biggest was I was simply traveling. I was in uh, Pac-12 country. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, you know that um, I was uh, I was in Oregon. My my brother-in-law got married. He's a Purdue alum, um, and uh, my whole family was out there. And I didn't have my computer. I didn't have anything. Uh, I couldn't have really done effectively done a a quick cast in a way that would have uh, I, I would have been happy to to get the quality out there. Um, the Wi-Fi was a little spotty where I was, and on top of that, I didn't have my computer. <clears throat> so it would have been done by the phone. And I didn't really want to do it. So here I am, uh, a little bit of reaction. And I wanted to, to put some thoughts into this whole thing and let you guys know where I stood on it if you want to hear it. I appreciate you tuning in. And if you are tuning in, thanks. Uh, you can head over to our uh, sponsors, gridironmetalworks.com. Uh, they, they make great, uh, great grill crates, uh, inner boiled at checkout, get 15% off. Martin Vintage for... Um, uh, a heritage Purdue T-shirt and uh, soft cotton or 50/50 blend, pardon me, and uh, uh, owned by a Purdue family. Good, good stuff there. And then of course, uh, AJ's EatAJ's.com. If you're near campus, uh, grab a pint, get a burger, order ahead at EJ, EatAJ's.com. If you want to get it uh, back to your place, easy peasy. Uh, Greg, thanks for tuning in. I see that you're live. Thanks a lot. Um, so that the Greg, his first line says Big 16, and right on. Uh, that's where we stand right now. U- UCLA and USC up the number from 14 to 16 in the conference. As you know, there have been a lot of rumors and conjectures going around. Uh, people are saying that uh, the Big Ten has really uh, extended, uh, uh, rolled out the red carpet for Notre Dame once again. And they're waiting to hear Notre Dame's final reaction before any more movement happens. So in case you don't know this, Notre Dame's NBC contract is up in 2025. That's kind of the linchpin of what uh, is holding them where they are in their situation. As you know, Notre Dame has always had the idea that they would like to be independent, stay independent because they think they're in another strata than the rest of the uh, college football world. They've turned down the Big Ten's overtures many times. The last couple times were under Delaney's watch. This is part of the reason, if you if you see our Twitter feed, I said uh, Notre Dame can go pound sand. I really don't care. Um, uh, my disdain for Notre Dame uh, outweighs my uh, love for any Big Ten network monies that might come out of this. If you don't know this, uh, current Big Ten agreement yields about $53 million per year for each school. It's a lot of money. It's more money than any of the other TV contracts yield, and... It's estimated that with the addition of USC and UCLA, that number will go up to close to $100 million a year for every school, thanks to the gobbling up of the uh, what second biggest TV market in America after New York City, which the Big Ten Network also has. Uh, what what Delaney's 
plan was was to expand the Big Ten footprint into the major TV markets. He got DC. Um, he he went after Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and, and getting Penn State and kind of surrounding that area, um, gathering Maryland. Rutgers, of course, many Big Ten fans still are scratching their heads as they watch Rutgers as a Big Ten team. Even Maryland doesn't make much sense. Uh, Nebraska, of course, was uh, in a, 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 an attempt to grab more of middle America. Um, Nebraska needed help. Maryland needed help financially, and we've learned if you've been listening and reading articles, UCLA also needed help financially. Supposedly, USC uh, was in better uh, a better position financially, but much like Maryland, uh, UCLA uh, they they weren't doing financial financially well. Their athletic department wasn't, so this was a good move for them. This is also a good news for a uh, move for the future for both those programs. It just looks to me like the further we away we got from the last. Um, Pac-12 television agreement and the way that conference had been run, it just looked like uh, that conference uh, has struggled to keep up with the the uh, leadership of the Big Ten and, of course, the SEC. Sankey, uh, you know, this is it's a cutthroat business. We've seen this. Texas and Oklahoma were swiped away by the SEC from the Big 12, and now the Big Ten goes and swipes away USC and UCLA. So in this era, you just see the gobbling up of 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 big names. Next up, I think, you know, if you look at Notre Dame or Stanford or whoever, any of those schools and even Oregon, uh, there's all rumors around that. But I think Notre Dame will be the next chip to fall. And getting Notre Dame, obviously, it's a national brand. They have um, pretend alumni everywhere. Uh, but <clears throat> gathering up U- uh, Stanford specifically would be good. You get Northern California, you get San Francisco, another mega TV market. Um, granted, a lot of people don't love college football out there, but it's a big TV market. And what that does is leverages cable companies. And so if you haven't been paying attention to this, another thing is that the, the entities that are bidding on the Big Ten television, uh, the, the BTN contract, the next one, are everybody from Apple TV to uh, Amazon to NBC to CBS to, of course, Fox, still trying to stay in the fight. And... Many of you are probably like me, your traditional Big Ten fans. You're saying, this is weird. It is weird, but it's also magnificent in a way to think of the idea of USC or UCLA hosting Purdue in early season. I can just think uh, that's going to be interesting, at least for a couple of years. Um, I thought it was a big deal when Purdue first started going to Penn State. That was cool. I haven't gotten any thrill like that since with the additions of uh, Maryland and uh, <coughs> Rutgers and Nebraska, of course. But... USC and UCLA, just kind of the the look of the stadium, the look of the uniforms. If you're a traditional college football fan, that if nothing else, those visuals will be odd and cool to see. It, they'll they'll pre, they'll create more TV buzz and more um, uh, interest among the casual football fan. I think if you have uh, USC playing Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State. That will have the feel of a preview of a big bowl game, right? Even in the in the early um, the early versions of this, it will be it will be an exciting thing to see, and the casual fan will glom onto that. How quickly will it take that for us to get used to it and feel old? I don't know. What will happen with the creativity of scheduling? That's another thing we really don't know, and this is where that Kevin Warren can prove himself to be very very worthwhile uh, at his job if he can open himself up to a creative solution here. The Big Ten could do some very neat things. If you pay attention to Anish, he's been talking about the possibility of 
uh, additional expansion all the way out, much, much bigger numbers for a, for a couple of years. We all talked about it on Handsome Hours in years past. But Anisha's idea is uh, the idea of pods uh, that would uh, take away from <clears throat> the strain of travel. So you'd have a pod of, uh, let's say it's um, four pods of five if we get up to 20 teams or if it gets to 24, which a lot of people think that's kind of the magic number if you if you – um, divided up into three super conferences. It all depends on what happens. Why did the Big Ten do it, though? This is the big question. A lot of people are saying, you know, like, this is greedy, it's a cash grab, whatever. Well, this is real simple. If you're paying attention to the SEC and the way the SEC was talking, they weren't just talking about the SEC becoming a bigger conference to uh, sing kumbaya and hold hands with the other conferences. It was a it was a very cutthroat move the last time, and they were talking about scheduling models that did uh, very, very uh, aggressive things that would have busted up anything. And they tried to power play against the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12, uh, specifically with the BCS, or pardon me, the, the, um, the National Championship and the playoff. Sorry about the word, use of BCS. But Sankey made no uh, bones about it that there was being there was a, um, a stake being put in put in the ground. So the Big Ten really its hand was forced, in my opinion, that either you go, you grow right now, you go after a big dog, and if it's a there, you go grab it, and if you don't, you die. And I think it was kind of that simple. I'm not a huge fan of this idea, but at the same time, with this rapidly changing world we're in of college sports, everything's changing, everything's in flux. Um, the Big Ten had to do something to kind of keep up with the Joneses. And there is only one other Jones, and that is the SEC. Uh, one of the uh, podcasts I listened to and watched, um, they, they mentioned that the Big Ten and the SEC had so such dominance from a television standpoint last season. You had, um, I think, out of the top 20 games last year, only two of them were not Big Ten or uh, Big Ten or SEC games. I think that's right. It's either two or four. And so the, it really had become a two-horse race. And, and schools like, if you think of um, uh, schools like Arizona State, schools, Arizona State's in a pretty big television market, but still doesn't get any TV number. And that's partially because of the way the conference has been led and their TV contract has been put together. The way they're televised, the way the uh, product is packaged, it hasn't been interesting enough. The Big Ten Network has done a pretty good job at creating some excitement around the brand, and I think they'll continue to do that. I think it's going to take some some really, really smart people as we transition from what we've all known, and if you're watching this, probably known and loved for a long time about college football and even how it touches college basketball to whatever comes next. So where do I stand on this? Like I said, I'm super excited to see USC and UCLA as Big Ten teams playing those games on game day Saturday. I'm excited to see a Big Ten Saturday lasting from 11 a.m. till 1 a.m. Because it will. That's a pretty cool thing if you're a junkie like me for college football. But I'll watch anything. Truth be told, if, if I'm still up at 12.30 or 1, I'll, turn in, I'll tune into a Colorado State game. And you're probably a lot like me if you're watching this and tuning into it. Um, Travis Mosley says, I live in Cali. He's, I'm ready. And I, I guarantee if you're a Purdue alum or a Purdue fan and you're in California, you've been waiting for this for a long time and you've been watching it in a weird way. I watched, I watched an IndyCar race in Oregon at 9.30 in the morning. 
on uh, on Sunday. I thought that was really really cool. And all I could think about was how neat this experience will be for some for some of those Purdue alums who are out west. My brother-in-law, one of them, um, who who loves to follow Purdue, but um, his his uh, his life his as a fan will be affected. It's pretty darn cool. Um, but anyway, it's it's this is going to have long lasting effects. Um, I don't like that Notre Dame has the power that's being perceived as right now, but the truth is that is a that's a good brand. It's a strong brand. I get why they're going to try to make one more charge at them, and it feels to me like. Uh, based on what we're hearing about the Big 12 going and pulling Arizona and uh, what I think it was four schools, going and pulling those four schools, uh, one of the biggest being Arizona, into the Big 12, the Big 12 all of a sudden becomes that third conference, maybe not quite as strong as the SEC in the Big 10, but the third one, and that, of course, would lead to the Pac-12 wilting, becoming something completely different, especially if you see Stanford and Oregon getting gobbled up by the Big Ten. Um, but I don't know how this ends. Neither do you. The people that tell you they understand it, they're doing it based on conjecture. And um, we're all kind of long for the ride. So, you're, I mean, any of us can, we can, we can state our opinion on this stuff. I think it's a good thing. But when we start saying this is the way it's going to go, you're stabbing in the dark. And I, it's neat if you've been able to guess that this was going to come, but you weren't able to guess that USC and UCLA was coming to the Big Ten. And whoever was in charge um, at the athletic departments and up high in the universities who was able to keep this a secret, that's an impressive feat. I say it all the time. Keeping a, a secret with any more people than five is really tough to do, especially when you have a bunch of people that have access to the media and speak and talk to people, just do natural conversations. It's really hard to keep a secret, but somehow they did it. Now, did USC know about uh, a potential Big Ten agreement when they hired Lincoln Riley? I would say they probably didn't, but who knows? The reason I say they probably didn't, I just think it's a long shot for them to have kept this secret that long. Maybe they had heard there were overtures and the Big Ten was kind of silently waiting in the grass, uh, in the weeds, as the SEC made moves. Who knows? But um, that move looks pretty good right now by Lincoln Riley, and it looked awfully odd, I think, months ago, just kind of a head-scratcher. Even with a lot of money on the table, it looked odd. Um, yeah, Ancient Astronaut says, uh, I'm ready to start slapping these schools in basketball and getting absolutely ruined in football. I don't think you need to think that way. Um, let's really look at what UCLA and USC have been uh, in the last decade. Now, Lincoln Riley is a great coach and he could do something special, but I would also, I would look at two things. One, I would look at what these programs have actually been on the field, what their records have been the last few years. Granted, they made a big, big play by getting Lincoln Riley and he will bring an exciting offense and it'll be fun. Um, but the other thing is, has Nebraska come in and dominated? Did Penn State come in and dominate? No, they didn't. I think they both thought they would. That's the funny thing. They both thought they would, but somebody had a great tweet earlier about, uh, USC potentially starting 8-0 and then their last four games being Purdue, Ohio State, Michigan State, and Nebraska or something along those lines. And they all talked about their fear of Purdue. Um, and they should fear Purdue, honestly. In November, Purdue has been pretty damn good. It's not just this year. Purdue is good against as an underdog. Purdue is getting better as a program. I think the, one of the best effects of this move of getting USC and UCLA is more money is pumped in the program and the, that whisper that talk we heard from Jeff Brom about going back to Louisville and not ruling out that to me that talk gets turned way way down at least in the immediate future meaning for years if you're a guy who loves Jeff Brom I know not all Purdue fans do I like Jeff Brom 
I like what he's done for the program. I like that he's uh, injected a ton of enthusiasm in the fan base. And anytime a coach that's sitting who we've got good feelings about starts talking about his alma mater, I hate that. But I would have to say, Brom is also a pretty smart guy. And seeing Purdue becoming one of the um, uh, one of the elite schools by proxy, just being in one of the elite uh, uh, conferences, that is a very, very big deal. If you want to look at the Purdue-centric look at this, I think it has to start there. The second part, of course, when you add basketball schools, I don't know what this does. I don't understand any of this, what this does in the long run. What's this do with the realignment of the um, East and West conferences. I don't know what this does that either because I don't think it's done. But remember, 24-25 is the first season. So we've got a couple of years on that, and we've got some time for additions to be made. I do think additions will come. I don't think this is it at the Big 16. Although, if you look at the logo, we've been talking about for years here at Boiled Sports, B1G always looked like a 16 to everybody if you've got eyes to see it. But I don't think this is where it's going to be settled. Um, let's see. Yeah, just some other comments. People in the in the comments are just saying they like Brom uh, too. Um, uh, Todd Singer says, I'm with you on Notre Dame. I hope they hesitate and get left out. They're in an interesting position because they are not the powerhouse that they were a couple of years ago just from the fact they don't have the TV contract in hand. And their TV contract is not worth what it used to be. When they first signed that way back in the what late 80s, early 90s, probably in the early 90s, um, they were they were a mega dog in a you know in a kind of a different situation. Well, now that their contract and their their ability to to push their brand and become something that was a complete elite on its own type of uh, deal, that's not there anymore. And the game is going to change one way or the other. We don't know if it's going to be four mega conferences three mega conferences, two mega conferences in the in the coming years and five years, and we don't know how this affects college football in the long run. This, coupled with NIL being unfettered because the NCAA did a poor job at, at building the rules around that, is the NCAA even an entity that matters in two years, three years, four years? Who knows? They've got to do some stuff that makes the schools want to respect them, and right now it looks like they're in a big, big trouble of uh, being a complete dinosaur. That's another thing. So the NIL and then, of course, um, the transfer rules being what they are. All this is just a soup of, of confusion, and I don't know what is on the other side. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate your time. Sorry about the delay on getting this out because I know some of you said you wanted to uh, hear our thoughts. We are trying to put together a handsome hour. Uh, the big thing is schedule, and I'll be honest, uh, simple motivation for, I'm not going to name names. I don't do that. It's not my style, but a couple people on the site, uh, may not be in mid season form. Let's just say that right with little league and, um, backyard drinking and running through the sprinkler, whatever it is. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but I will say it's not this guy keeping that from happening. And if you want to put pressure on those guys on Twitter, you know, they have their own accounts, I don't. I work through the Boiled Sports Twitter account. So, but thanks for expressing interest in that. I do appreciate that. And we all do. So, uh, hope to talk to you soon. God bless you. Hammer down. We'll see you.